Hello, and welcome to the MDS podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. I am Tiago Teiro, professor at the University Medical Center Göttingen in Germany, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Professor Verla Beckland from KU Leuven in Leuven, Belgium, who just recently organized the Synuclein Meeting 2022. Hi, Verla, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. <laughs> Have you recovered from the organization of the Sinoplane meeting this year? Yes, yes, and no, of course, it was a lot of work, but I am happy that everything went well. Of course, it also means that some of my other work uh, was piling up, and so I'm now <laughs> having a very busy time trying to catch up with, with all my other work, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So what are the Sinuclein meetings? When did they start and what are the goals of these meetings? Can you tell our listeners a bit about these meetings? Yes, I was not involved in the first meeting, so I only participated, I think, the last four meetings. They started, I think, about uh, 14 years ago, 15 years ago, if I'm correct. And so it was a kind of informal initiative from some scientists who thought that it would be good to have a focused meeting on this protein because of the increasing importance of this protein. And it was decided to have two yearly uh, meeting focusing on alpha-synuclein, mostly from a basic scientist point of view, but also with interaction with clinicians. But it's, it's really uh, supposed to be a, a scientific meeting. And the idea is to have interactions and discussions on new discoveries or new insights and the role of synuclein related to disease, but also the basic role of this protein. They have become, I think, increasingly successful because they started very small and they are still small, but now we are about 250 to 300 participants at the last uh, meetings, I think. So the, the program was intense and covered a variety of areas. What would you highlight from, from your perspective as an organizer as the biggest news of the meeting? Yes, I think it's a very difficult question because indeed there was a lot of exciting news really at different levels. So I also think that there was not like one biggest news. I, I think there were some highlights that even come from different groups. So I think there's some new themes or emerging themes that are, are present in the synuclein field. I think it's clear that, and it's not only in this meeting, but the last years, it's clear that the focus for synuclein, which was until recently mainly on the brain and neurons, is shifting towards periphery, so outside of the brain, where we will look at certainly immune system and even an active role of alpha-synuclein in the immune system. So not only that it interacts with the immune system, but I think it's becoming clear that it really has an active role in immune response. And that's, I think, an, a new insight. Also, the periphery importance of the gut, the intestinal system, and the role of alpha-synuclein there as a kind of uh, early sign in, in Parkinson's disease is something that is becoming increasingly clear. I think there's also some new technologies that have led to new insights and, and uh, it's really sophisticated technologies like super resolution imaging or cryo EM single cell sequencing that give a detailed uh, view on 
for example, the, the structure of alpha-synuclein. So it's, it's, it's clear that the aggregates of alpha-synuclein, the fibrils, they're not one structure, but that they are really different structures and they seem to segregate a bit according to disease, like in Parkinson's disease and multiple system atrophy. They seem to be different, but it's, it's also not one structure. So I think that that's a, a challenge for the next years to, to try to understand the uh, relationship between structure and pathology or function. I think that's also one of the new insights. I think that what is also important is that alpha-synuclein should not be seen in a cell on its own, but that it's really interacting with membranes. And so the importance of lipids and lysosomes is, I think, also something that, that is becoming increasingly clear. So I think that's more or less what I would think as, as some of the highlights of the, of the, the meeting. Yeah, and, and there was also an intense debate about the actual relevance of synuclein pathology in disease. And so what do you think we we still need to do in terms of understanding biological function and also its role in, in pathology in PD and CDs. How do you see this? Do you favor one side over the other or where do you stand? Well, I think it's very good for the field that scientists remain critical and go back to the original assumptions and, and look if this is really what we think. So indeed, there were some opinions of, if you look at very detailed facts on, for example, the importance of alpha-synuclein in synapses and, and synaptic function, that you could say that even if you take out alpha-synuclein, synapses are still doing more or less okay. So you could say, well, it only has a minor importance in synaptic physiology. Also, if you look then on the other side to human post-mortem material, like a Glenda Holiday lecture on is alpha-synuclein really necessary for Parkinson's disease and other synucleinopathies? And if you look objectively at all the material, you can actually dissociate alpha-synuclein from dopaminergic uh, degeneration. So there are some cases, and, and not only some cases, but and so uh, you, you could say that there's not a direct correlation between alpha-synuclein pathology and then the symptoms or the diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. So that's of course, something that, that is intriguing. I think it doesn't mean that alpha-synuclein is irrelevant. I think everyone agreed on that, but maybe the relationship between alpha-synuclein and disease or alpha-synuclein and synaptic function is not as straightforward as we would like to think. So it's just more complex. And yeah, I think it's a challenge, but it gives us new ideas on being critical in ourselves and to move forward. And so as an expert in the field, what are your major expectations for the next one or two years? What major issues do you think we'll be able to solve? I think there are some exciting evolutions in the field, also at different levels. So there's this very large initiative that's called PPMI, where uh, a large cohort of patients are followed and the idea is to look at diagnostic markers and markers of progression. And I think uh, in the coming years, it will become clear if we will be able to have good, reliable markers and that will certainly be very important for patient diagnosis, but also for following up of some new therapy. So that should be 
something over the next years that will become clear. What, what will also be, I think, important is that there are some clinical trials ongoing. And I think the next years, it will become clear whether we are on the good track with these trials or not. And they're alpha-synuclein based, but also LARC2 based. And I think it's very exciting to see these trials and, and some might probably be negative, but I think that will give us some new leads on more rational therapies or, or not pure symptomatic therapies, but, but therapies that we try to uh, halt the progression of the disease or the cause of the disease. So I think that's also something that I expect. And what I also mentioned about the, the structures of alpha-synuclein, I think that's also a very exciting field that I expect in the next years will become clear how this might also lead to more target therapies. At the meeting, we had several patient organizations present, and we had the participation of individuals with Parkinson's. This was fantastic, I, I must say. So what feedback did you get from those participants about the meeting? How do they come to such a specialized meeting, probably hearing things they don't always fully understand? So how do they feel about getting engaged in these meetings? Well, in my view, they, they are very positive about the meeting. Of course, most of them are not real scientists. So at some level, they say it's probably too specialized to understand, but I think they are very motivated and they also are really supportive of new research and to see how this can lead to some solution. So I, I think it's, it's from both sides for the patients. I think they feel more involved if they can, can come to a meeting of scientists. For the scientists, I think it's also very important, certainly for the young scientists, to be aware of how urgent it is, how important it is to collaborate and to, to join forces. And I think the interaction is really something we wanted to promote and we're very happy that we could do this. Of course, maybe we should also make clear to the patients and to the clinicians that it is very complicated. So alpha-synuclein, even this small protein is, is a very complex object to study. And so we should also not give false hopes, I think, to patients. Even if we work hard and we are progressing, it does not necessarily mean that within one year we'll have the perfect solution and probably not. It's becoming more clear also that the, the disease is very diverse and we might go to more uh, individual therapies where not one therapy will be possible or uh, useful for every patient. So that's also something that might be a bit disappointing for patients, that there will probably not be a miracle solution for all patients. <laughs> that's true. Can we get some inside information on where the next nuclear meeting might take place? So the date has not been uh, set yet, but normally it's every two years. So we expect that it will be in 2024, but it will be in Cambridge, which is, of course, a very nice place to organize it. Great. So our listeners can stay tuned and keep an eye out for... Cambridge 2024. So thank you so much for your time. It has been a pleasure having you with us on the MDS podcast. Thank you all for listening and join us in our upcoming podcasts. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals. 
movement disorders, and movement disorders clinical practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website.